I'm your host, David Cameo, and welcome to Squawking Dead, where we'll be breaking down both the reaction to and full episode breakdown of Better Call Saul's ninth episode of its sixth and final season titled Fun and Games. First things first is the reaction podcast. If you like what you heard, remember to head to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us, but let us know what you liked, let us know what you didn't like, but just tell us after every episode. And without further ado, here is Sharon D introducing the reaction we are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Breaking Bad universe. Uh, today with me is Rachel Burt, Cosmo Mom 9 um, Bridget, Funky Brewster, at Ain't My First Radio on Instagram, and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter. And lurking in the darkness, as always, is Dave. Um, <laughs> 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 Took so, the thunder um, out of my sail, the wind out of my sails. <laughs> hey, Anthony. He's in Instagram. Hi, Anthony. Um, so today we are going to just give our initial reactions to tonight's Better Call Saul episode uh, 609, Fun and Games, which as Rachel pointed out during the live, our watch was a very misleading title. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, all initial... fun, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Ah. Um, my initial reaction is I'm just fucking heartbroken right now because Kim and Jimmy are the reason I love this show and their splitting up is really... Even though I kind of knew it was, it had to happen. It's it's really gutting me. Like I'm very very sad right now. I don't even want, I don't even want to talk about it all a lot. Um, uh, I was I was a, the 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 opener was amazing. The opening sequence was absolutely amazing of them going on all of them going on about their days, and um and then we had like I don't know what the whole long thing was with Gus and the wine. Like I, <laughs> they could have cut out like twenty minutes of the show just to be in, like I don't know what was going on there. I know. Okay. okay. I don't tell pick us. me. Pick me. Tell us. I love that. Okay. But I'll let so, Bridget go. <laughs> that was Gus's internal dilemma with can I have a life outside of crime? <laughs> I love the way you put outside okay. of crime, like McGruff outside. the cu- crime dog. Well, because he's so like he's so invested in his life of crime. Yeah. But yeah, the reason the reason that they threw that in there is because, you know, obviously him and that guy were like kind of vibing, you know? So they had a lot in common. He obviously the guy was into him, was returning the the vibe. And you saw that moment where Gus like is like happy for a second, you know? And that was weird, right? (laughs) It just like falls out of him. Right, especially on the tail and end of our last episode where so, we were literally just saying the only thing that will get him angry is getting his shirt messed up. <laughs> so it was it was him going like, no, I can't. I can't do this. I can't bring this guy into this. And so that's why he left. So it was really sad, actually. I did not enjoy that part. But also, like, it was boring because, like, who cares about wine? <laughs> that... Um, I, I was like- riveted. <laughs> and Rachel loves wine. I do the love more wine. the merrier. I do love wine. It was wine. about but whiskey. I didn't I need to like attention. hear all about it. Like Rachel, I like Rachel drinking loves, it. I don't need to right, know so about it. She likes it. the drinking it, not the learning about <laughs> okay. it part. Well, yeah. like, you made yourself seem like a real sommelier there. Like, <laughs> God, wait no. a second. I like wine. <laughs> I do like wine. I just don't need to learn about it. If it tastes good, that's all I need to know. <laughs> Are you like aerating your wine and like definitely swirling? not? I drink it straight oh, from the see? bottle. Did you not see the photos? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did not. This guy was, was not disgusting. With your 
Um, you know, from will, now on, Rachel will like aerate all of her wine to be like, right. I told you. <laughs> I'm into Swish this. the bottle around. <laughs> Sniffing time takes away good drinking time. Oh, yeah, God. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, I did kind of <laughs> notice that the Gus swirling the wine in the glass reminded me a little bit of Howard twisting the can. Oh, that's earlier. interesting. Yeah. I didn't think of that. So I pay you a big bucks, Charity. Just just one of those visual things that just kind of kind of caught me. Um, I was very worried about Papa Varga. Um, I wasn't exactly. I thought for oh. sure Mike was going to give him the um, the, uh, the, the fake ID, the fake ID. The, oh yeah, yeah, him, me like, too. Tell him he needed to leave because, like, I, he's like, you don't need to worry about Salamancas, but like, they could still like just because Hector can't do anything doesn't mean they can't put out a hit on Papa Varga. So. What do you mean he can do plenty? <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna spoil my breakfast ding 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 ding, ding, ding. oh that was so many dings too <laughs> so many dings you're a ding um, so here's a, a something that, that just occurred to me as we're watching re-watching the end with Dave um, what if they never tell us what happened to Kim that would what? suck what, what if that she just leaves great. and they never they what? never tell no, us what happened stop it David that would be stop terrible stop it David with your great <laughs> no that would be no, terrible that's not great that's not great this is no. look. Wait, this is why wait, wait, you don't have an Emmy that Dave. is that is an ending <laughs> that needs why? to be wrapped up I need I need that in a for pretty little for those who missed bow. it yeah. that was that was a little nugget from the last episode it's carrying over to this one <laughs> Everybody gets an Emmy. No, so actually, I'm actually a little bit serious about that because with Kim somehow in the wind, let's say, and we don't know what happens, it could be potential for a Kim-focused series, even. Do you know what I mean? About that too. But you know, they love to give us the twist and subvert our expectations. That's what they love to do that to us. So wouldn't that be like the biggest twist of all? We just never find out what happens to Kim. You won't see what's coming. That's it. I mean, we can at least be happy being saying like, oh, she's alive somewhere. Right. Right. She's not in prison. No, it'll just be like she just got hit by a bus. So she's like dead. But you just don't get to know. I think she's going back to her. She's going to go back to her hometown. uh, (laughs) She's going to go back to her hometown and get a job at the Hinky Dinky. The Hinky Dinky. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like... my theory, seriously, is that Carol Burnett is, is going to play her mom, and her mom is like, she's going to go back and stay with her mom in Omaha, or near Omaha, which would put her in um, Gene territory. Mm-hmm. Gene Takovic timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Actually, so as we were watching the last scene, I was kind of hoping that Carol Burnett would play one of Jimmy's prostitutes. <laughs> like, no! Like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but maybe? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. What what a waste sorry. of bringing Carol Burnett on. I'm I sorry. know. But I think she would find it funny. No, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. The other theory I've heard about her is that she's going to be Judge Papadumian, who is a judge that was mentioned in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Um, but uh, now that we've, seems like we've kind of slipped out of the Jim and Kimmy uh, timeline. I mean, I, I think that was our time jump. I think that oh, was our time oh, jump. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was. Yeah. Yep. Oh, at the end. how long. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we're not we're not going to be going back to the the, the current timeline that we were just in. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh man. Now that very har- last 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 part, that little the guitar. Fall. 
uh, Armani on whatever. Um, like bringing the last. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a jeans scene. black and white scene. Yeah, because it was in black and white. And that was a department store, which is in a mall, mm-hmm. which oh, is where the, the Cinnabon is. Oh, the, the, the teaser thing? Oh, the which teaser. I didn't yeah. get to see? Yeah, the teaser. <laughs> okay. yeah. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Never mind, Dave. You don't I'll, know. No, I'll catch it later. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Um, He's like, what? Speaking of the teaser. Because I watched the, live, by the way. So just so everybody knows, not in AMC+. Yeah. Plus. The, um, the lines that Jimmy said to Kim in the opener, one day we'll wake up and we brush you know, our teeth, we'll teeth etc there they he's that's a reference that's two that recalls two different times first was when um uh stacy was in the therapy group with mike and she was talking about how she'd gotten up and made kaylee breakfast and hadn't even thought at all about oh, her husband right. and that's then of right. course the second reference is when M- jimmy is asking mike you know how long is this gonna after after Bagman when they were out in the desert you know how long is this gonna last and Mike, word for word, what Mike said to him in the car. Wow. Wow. Damn. Again, with the with the multitude of the multiverse of parallels between the two series. Oh, there's so many. That line played at the end of the last episode also, didn't it? That was in the teaser. That was in the Mm -hmm. teaser at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Um, I also noted the difference between between Howard's send off at HHM and Chuck's send off at HHM. After after Chuck died, they had one picture of him in the lobby, and that was it. There was no, oh yeah, no, oh, no ceremony, no ceremonies yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but for Howard, they had the big the big party there. Well, not party, but you know, like yeah, um, the reception afterwards, and there was all those pictures of him printed, and all the people were there. Um, Do you think that's a reflection of how p- people really thought of Howard versus how people really thought of Chuck? I mean, I hate to say it, but is it possible? Oh, sure, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to remember by the when after Chuck, by the time Chuck died, he had been gone from HHM for all intents and purposes for right. a really long time. Right. Um, you know, a couple of years anyway. And then coming um, in kind of like in the clutch, like right. or like not in the clutch, but like every now and again popping in and, and whatnot. Right. Mm. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm just I don't know that it means anything. It was just it just kind of something that struck me. Um, something I think I was about. really watching. Yeah. A little bit of difference, and uh, I really wanted to just like smack the crap out of Cheryl because, bitch, you weren't even staying in the same fucking house with Howard. So how the fuck do you know what he was doing? You didn't I wanted even care Kim, about his latte art. I wanted Kim. I wanted Kim to step up to her and say, "You weren't even sleeping in the same fucking house." How? Like, I couldn't remember if she knew or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess she did because Howard told them when. Oh yeah, when he when came, he came over. The, when he came in, when he came over, that he's been sleeping in the guest house for the better part of a year. So I really expected Kim to like step up and say something like that. Oh but, no, no, I, I, yeah. do you think? I don't know. Anyway, we have, well, a, we have a question from the audience. Yep. Has okay. anyone has anyone give, gave any thoughts about what Mike will think about Kim leaving? That's from Anthony. I was worried. I was worried about that. Honestly, when Jimmy came flying through the door and he's like, what did you do? What did you do? That was the first thing I thought. I'm like, she's going to kind of like, I feel like this move might put more eyes on her. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was worried. I, did, I definitely I thought about, about what too. Mike would think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly like now that I saw the question, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think he's fine. As long as she's gone, she's gone. It's kind of like well, burying like, the body. It's like That's Mike true. said, they're, they're, if for all intents and purposes, the case is closed. Right, um, right. They'll never find the body, so they can't ever actually close it. But um, mm. everybody thinks he's the only person who had any objections at all was Cheryl. And 
again, if they start prying into what she has to say, what the hell would she know? Because she was never she right. she didn't even acknowledge him half the time that that yeah, we saw they were her estranged. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and now I think they've done. I really think that they've done the time jump. So I'm 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 not sure that even is going to be revisited. I could be wrong. That's just the feeling I got when they when they jumped ahead. Um, which is what made me worry about them not ever telling us what happened to Kim. <laughs> like, oh, let's be like, okay, there we go, guys. She left, and that's it. Like, ah. <laughs> well, I have a question. Did you guys expect that we would jump ahead in time? I, I, I didn't. And so I'm kind of like, now that you're telling me that that's where we're going to be from here on in, I'm like, oh, I, f- I feel kind of that we have a loss. I mean, on top of Kim leaving Jimmy, like the show itself in that time period, I feel like this weird loss. Well, I mean, we knew we had to have a time jump because we're mm-hmm. two, and a, two and a half or three and a half years behind Breaking Bad. Right. Um, so we knew we had to have a time jump of, of some kind. And like I said, I may be wrong. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I could totally be wrong about this. I just get the feeling that this was our a time jump and that's where we're going to be from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, because okay. we're still supposed see. to see Walt and Jesse. So right. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be because we jumped ahead to break. We're either right before or in the Breaking Bad timeline. Right. And this is how we get it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I felt the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I could be wrong, but I, I feel like we wrapped everything up for this time period. Kim is gone, you know. Uh, Lalo is dead. Um, Nacho mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Nacho is dead. So everything in this particular portion of time has kind of been wrapped up. That's a good point. Um, so now the only, you know, I mean, we could keep going ahead in here, but what what else is there to explore in this particular other than where did Kim go? But that's something that can be addressed later too. Yeah, I was so overarching themes that I was thinking of throughout the watch. Oh, I'll get to that question in a second. Um, was what it's like to erase somebody. Like there, there are definitely repeating themes of erasure, like something being completely wiped away, like between cleaning the apartment up and then cleaning up Howard technically from life (laughs) in existence. Mm -hmm. Um, talking about Nacho being disappeared to his father. And then there's other themes too, like blood for blood repeating, like the wine is, has that, taste of blood and what it means to get blood for blood again with nacho's father uh you know oh this that's not who cares about blood for blood etc etc there was one more theme that i was thinking of and i totally forgot about it and i'm sorry maybe i'll get back to it but yeah what well, do you guys I think have of a question the blood for blood thing yeah i have a question this is unrelated to blood for blood and i'm sorry <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you don't um, get an Emmy for doing nothing. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, um, <laughs> you know how they're renaming HHM? Oh, yeah. Do you think, <laughs> do oh, you no. think it's that dingus who dropped the soda? Is that his last name? Carrie? His name is... Oh, I, we recorded his l- name in the blog. Actually, he does have a last name. That's what I thought of immediately when they said that they were is renaming it. it. I was like... Brooker I'll, partner. I'll let you, I'll let you know that in just a second. It's just such a generic, <laughs> corporatized name. Brookner partners. Like, like Brookstoner. Can't you hear it? Carrie Brookner. Attorney. Carrie Anderson is his name. Yeah. Oh, my dreams are dashed. All right. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to your blood for blood. Blood, blood for blood and big <laughs> themes. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what I was going to say now anyway. The last one. <laughs> you asked if what everybody else thought of it. Yeah, you were well, done. That's yeah. what you said. You were done. I just love that the blood for blood thing more than anything else. I loved seeing the blood wiping away the blood from the floors, the UV light, what it means, blood for blood, and 
the meeting with Don Eladio, like, and, and Salamaca wanting blood for blood, revenge, uh, going back to Nacho's father. Um, and even like the schemes from Jimmy, Jimmy and Kim, in a sense, were a form of blood for blood, like getting well, back at Howard for, I don't know, being a dick to him once and then, <laughs> or them once. And, I mean, uh, um, you could always also look at it as Kim is giving up her lifeblood because yeah. she spilled the blood of others. Yeah, sacrificing her yeah. own blood, life's blood, right? That's great, man. I'm going to have to rewatch this reaction video <laughs> for a breakdown because <laughs> I'm forgetting about all this. <laughs> um, overall, my my overall reaction is I'm just gutted because, like I said, Kim and Jimmy are the reason I love this show. And Oh, and they finally said I love you to each other, which everybody has been clamoring about. <sighs> but so what? But so what? What a horrible so thing what? to say! I love you too. <laughs> that was but I mean, so I get what? it though. I get it though. Sometimes love doesn't you, you love isn't everything, you know. But it's the line, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. great. She just—it was like a slap in the face to him, you know. But yeah. Oh, yeah. what can I do to change? Kidding. Is what he asked. Uh, I, I okay. There is video of this. I get very teary eyed. Very teary eyed. <laughs> I was on the brink of full out crying. Shocker. I was like, hold it together, Bridget. Zoom in on Bridget. Just hold it together. <laughs> yeah, I can make her bigger. No, I'm crying <laughs> now. By the way, Nico says, uh, I, I thought the episode would end with Mr. quote unquote Mr. Mahu coming Mayhew. into his office. Mr. Oh, Mayhew. Mayhew. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not that sounds <laughs> which is not even spelled. Mr. Magoo coming into his office. <laughs> That, that makes more sense, Charity. But yeah, I, I was also getting that feeling too. Like, okay, I we hear was, somebody we recognized. I was getting ready to say, who do you all think is about to walk through the door? <laughs> and then it went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was watching live and there was a lot going on and I, I need to watch the episode again. Yeah. But I did get that sense of like, oh, somebody, somebody we know is coming through the door. Guess he's coming to, d- to dinner. Wow. The credits. You know them. <laughs> anybody in Surprise! The, lobby? <laughs> the credits. <laughs> uh, next week's episode breaks the um, title pattern. Mm. Next week's episode yeah. is called Nippy. It is which, called that. Dang, it yeah. is which called, means, that. It's called that. Wow. Which means... Cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It means cold. A little, chi- was, little chilly. Uh, yeah. when, when what if we you're talking, talking about, about like a dog, though? Like, bitey. Right. Like a oh. dog. Yeah, I think it's wow. cold because he's going to be in the gene timeline. It's going to be fucking Omaha. That's exactly what, what I was thinking before you made me laugh. Or, or, or. Or, or. Remember Jimmy's big bag of diamonds? Diamonds are also called ice. Ice is cold. Mm. Nippy. Okay, I've got it. Much like every 80s horror movie I've ever watched, there are dogs in the mall that they release at night to stop burglars. <laughs> So that's what happened. <laughs> Someone and, will get nipped. Well, there was no carnival in this episode, so maybe this one. Maybe you'll get get your yeah your yeah. prediction right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I really liked the song that they played at the beginning, which I don't remember it right off, but I remember thinking while I was watching, I was like, "This song is perfect for this." Mm. Perfect oh, day. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have to look. Yeah, perfect day. 
Yeah, we should, by the way, give everybody a disclaimer. This is our kind of like just post-watch reaction. We don't take notes. We don't do any research. So whatever whatever we're thinking of right now is just coming off the dome. I think that's a good thing to tell people, by the way. Yeah. Choose yeah. ignorance, everyone. Yeah. I'm dumb. I'm dumb, like, but it's okay. I'll live. Like we said in the last episode. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. You get to live. So. Ba, 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 ba. No, it's like the. That's what I get. And I didn't have to pay for that. Yeah, I was free. You can you can get the full clip at ko-fi.com/squawkingdead, and he's gonna charge for it. I'm laughing so hard, I can't even get this overlay right. So good. Fifty cents, folks. And Fifth, that can okay. be yours. That, we my we will pay tone. you to download it if you're a member. It's gonna be my new ringtone. <laughs> Same that, here. That Every time I get a text message. <laughs> it won't be the I'm a baby. <laughs> oh no, uh, we'll combine the two to make oh. a super uh text a tone. Super clip. Yeah. I like it. So like the Super Mario ending, a la Bridget. <laughs> like when Mario clears a level. It was level. so bad. I was missing notes. It's not even right. But that way, no copyright strike. So bad. It's We need to get you to do the theme for every intro that we do from here on Copyright free, folks. Download now. Anyway, sorry. This has gone off the rails. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're just thinking about it now aren't you <laughs> yeah it's too late i need to go to bed yeah it's like I, same here i'm dumb already but i get dumber after dark it's like <laughs> it's like a bad mogwai i guess I dumb after dark. dumber after dark i would watch <laughs> don't that live stream after 10 <laughs> <laughs> things will get really nutty <sighs> all right yeah, honestly, I had so much in the chamber while we were watching, but then when you guys popped in and you're like, hey, Dave, the episode's over. I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and you're like, no, Dave, it wrapped up like 20 minutes ago. I'm like, I stopped paying attention. I panicked. <laughs> Things started flying out of my head. All I held on to was the blood for blood thing. And the actor who's in that scene, too, whom I recognized on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and he's... Uh, he was in uh, another show that I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, the actor who uh, is the, who's flirting with Gus essentially. Oh, um, I was he's like, been who in a lot of talking things. about. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, I've seen sorry. him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I've definitely seen. The him in a judge bunch of stuff. has also been in other stuff. He looked for me. Mm-hmm. I just wish they paid more attention. His to name him. is Arie Gross. He's been in a ton of movies. Oh, Arie Gross. The, oh yeah, especially yeah. in the uh, late eighties and early nineties. Hmm. That's my yeah, wheelhouse. I definitely recognized him, but I did not know. That's his name, the sweet but... spot. <laughs> Wait, what is exactly? Sorry, <laughs> late eighties, early nineties. That's the oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> bang, but bang. Okay. Um. Hey, if anybody has any questions, comments that we can read out loud, let us know now or forever hold your peace. You used to have an English teacher that would say, "Questions, comments, wonderments." <laughs> so not like, 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 like mints that are wonderful or something. <laughs> yes, wonderments. <laughs> Wonder Mint's Wonder powers Mint? activate. <laughs> Anthony Form says, of peppermint. <laughs> Winter fresh. 
form of Andes. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Oh, yes. And then you get the chocolate in there, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, all Michelle, you, Michelle. you younger generation babies. You're not going to know what we're talking about. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Michelle Jaron says, what happened in the episode? Well, lots of things that we kind of forgot about. Wait, what? We're... <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? what are we doing? Right. This is the reaction to, wait, what was the episode what called? What happened in the episode? My world came crashing down. Yeah. Is what yeah. happened in this episode. I'm yeah. I'm so surprised at how much they gave us this episode, too. Like, it. I've never seen an episode feel kind of slow, which is not always a bad thing, but in this case, it was a pretty good thing. But then also give us so many, so much movement, like in terms of plot. So I was, I was really, really surprised, like considering the last episode and so much action happens and tense, uh, tension. Uh, and then they just keep going. I had a feeling that they would do this when they came back. They, they're like, Hey, listen, we're going to go off with a bang. So every episode from here on in is going to be like, we're going to yeah. give you more and more and more. And they literally gave us 20 extra ep- minutes <laughs> on this episode. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, and uh, Anthony says uh, the judge was also on Ellen, the actor, Arya Gross, yeah. was on Ellen. Yeah. So just wanted to read that out loud. And if you've missed this reaction live stream, go back and watch it. And hey, give us a like, f- subscribe or follow or like us wherever we're streaming right now. And make sure to enable all notifications. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash Dead. Leave us five stars and an eggplant and we'll know what you mean. But if you like what you heard, if you didn't like what you heard, or you have a bone to pick with us, or if you want to communicate with us, rate us after every episode. Let us know your feelings. Let us know what you, what you want us to cover next uh, in terms of series. Or uh, if you have any thoughts about how we can grow this podcast. Or if you want to tell us to fuck off. Uh, but let us know after every episode. And if you like what we're doing as a podcast, you want to follow us on our journey, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. It's in the bottom left of the screen and just create an account on ko-fi.com. It's free and just follow us. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supported back content. You don't have to join a membership tier. All we want you guys to do is follow us so you can be in the know when we set up another recording session, when we drop our unedited episode recordings, or we do something really, really cool. And if you join a membership tier, by the way, for only a dollar a month, you can join our Discord, which means we do so much more there than we do on our Ko-fi page. Uh, So give it a thought. But again, just follow us. Without further ado, Sharon, do you take us out? Take us out? (laughs) (laughs) To what? dinner, guess. Where are you taking us? <laughs> you want me to? You want me to take us out? I mean, <laughs> oh boy! Yikes! Um, well, for me, Sharon D, Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, and Rachel, and Dave. <laughs> good night, everybody. Take care, everybody. Night, we'll guys. see you soon. Bye. Hey, and stay, and stay tuned for our full-throated breakdown. Later on tomorrow night, actually, is when we're going to so start dirty. recording. Yeah, full, <laughs> everything deep. Been, everything you've been saying is escalating so quickly. <laughs> coming at you live, no editing. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be recording this on. Uh, so we're going to be recording our full breakdown tomorrow night, oh which is why you should be following us. <laughs> At ko-fi.com slash dead so you know when we schedule that recording and you can get the link and oh you can join God. us in the real time chat so you can you can tell us you can tell us what's what and shape the course of that episode with us so Maybe. take care everybody yeah it, if you're there you can yeah 
All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. And uh, take care. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that reaction that was recorded live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, the Twitter, right after the episode aired live on Monday night, the 18th of July. And without further ado, here is the full episode breakdown of our coverage of the ninth episode of Better Call Saul's sixth and final season titled Funding Games. Hi, I'm Bridget. Did you know that you have rights? The Constitution says you do, and so do I. I believe, until proven otherwise, every man, woman, and child should hear this podcast. And that's why we talk to you, Internet. Better squawk saw. Stop laughing while I'm doing the intro. Hey guys, we are uh, here today to cover the ninth episode of the sixth season of Better Call Saul. I am here with Rachel Burt at Cosmobomb09 on all the socials. Bridget, Punky Brewster, uh, she's at Ain't My First Radio on Instagram and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter. And as always, lurking in the shadows is Dave Cameo. Sorry. It's been a whole 24 hours since we talked about this episode. <laughs> since then, I've watched it like three times. Oof. So, um, and and I listened to, I listened to part of the Insider podcast. I didn't get all the way through it. It was mostly just about camera angles and stuff like that, how they set up cameras and how they did shots, which you know is always mm. interesting. I finally noticed that um, this episode too, especially with Miguel uh, mm. uh, Ignacio Varga, Miguel Varga, mm. <laughs> like the opening shot of him shows the it's so cool it shows the front of a car windshield and so you'd think he'd be upside down but he's actually both upside down and right side up which is kind of cool in the reflection like in that opening of so it kind of shows how balanced he is the the swatches on the wall are like shades of a darker dark color you know they're different colors but it's little shades it's like shades of gray he's living in a gray area as opposed to everybody else i don't know anyway yeah, I mean color color palettes are very important in this show. Like there is a lot of meaning and um, a lot of thought goes into the color choices. So I mean that that is very mm. valid. So the opener, it reminded me a lot of the something stupid opener where they had the split screen and it showed Jimmy and Kim gradually growing apart through the as they did the year time jump that was in season four it was season four episode seven and then they did it again in bad choice road in uh, 509 they did the same this uh the split screen with the same song and it was jimmy in the desert and kim at the apartment waiting for him and this felt very similar to that they didn't use a split screen but i've kind of read that as they're now completely apart they were each going about their own day they, were, they weren't together in any way and the criminal element was in there as well with Mike and everybody cleaning up. The song is called Perfect Day. It's a song by Harry Neeson. But this was a cover by a couple called Dressage and Slow Shiver. They actually went to these musicians and asked them to do this cover because oh. the, uh, they needed a much longer version. So again, that's another similarity to Something Stupid. For the song, Something Stupid that opened, it was originally a Frank Sinatra and Nancy Sinatra right. song. But they had Lola Marsh do their version of it um, because they needed a much longer wow. version to cover the opener. What did you guys think about the opening, the opener? I 
liked it much better the second time I watched it, to be honest. So that song, I don't know what it was about the song, but it like it was very drawn out. I, I enjoyed it more the second time, but the first time I felt like I don't like like I wanted to fall asleep. I don't know. Like it was comforting almost. Like I don't mean like in a boring way, but like it was just kind of like, oh. But I especially loved the the transitions that they put in mm -hmm. there too. You know what I mean? From going yes. from this scene to that scene mm -hmm. and like just just mm -hmm. beautiful. I mean the coffee pouring into the cup that which transitions into the blood, into the bucket, and then you know, mopping up the blood, which turns into Jimmy's lunch, and it's just just beautiful transitions. It was really nice to watch. My favorite was um, Kim going out the door at the courthouse and coming in the door yeah. at the apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the foyer. The shot of her going out was um, almost an exact same shot of her in, C in 304. She and Jimmy are going out of the courthouse together and it's the same shot with them framed in that kind of blue light with with mm -hmm. them yeah it, it, it was that was my favorite going from the um courthouse into the to the apartment so alone. but yeah that was yeah. fantastic they they talked about that a little bit in the insider podcast about how they were how the choices they made doing that and how they had storyboarded every single bit of that out even the transitions and everything it was really it was pretty yeah. interesting the pastels from the dresses matched the pastel colors and the, the sticky notes that i thought was the cutest oh, one yeah mm -hmm. see and there were there's even some that mm -hmm. i missed obviously I'm yeah, kind of just, focused on blood, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's blood? <laughs> Since you mentioned the sticky notes in the painting, that painting is still in Saul Goodman's house. Why do you think he kept that particular painting? Have you seen any of Kim's smaller paintings anywhere in in Saul's house or office or anything like that? Because I know the, the paint, the, um, you know what I'm talking about, the little ones that were like above the bed, I think, that Ray Seahorn mm -hmm. did herself. The little yeah, bug ones. yeah. Have you seen right. those anywhere mm -hmm. in, in Saul Goodman's life? Okay. I wasn't looking for mm -hmm. it. Ugh. So besides those paintings, I feel like this painting really represents Kim still being in his life. It's a way to remember Kim. Well, that perfect day, like in the song. <laughs> yeah. Not perfect well, day. I think it's a I think it's a good way for them to remember the not to be like too cheesy, but the fun and games that they had, mm -hmm. because she said that was the best time of her life was that portion. So I think, you know, if you're trying to take away only the that they had before it went so, Tits up. so bad, it would be a reminder of what they did to Howard because that, you know, they had the sticky notes mm -hmm. on the back of it. So maybe it's also a reminder of, um, I don't want to say restraint because he doesn't have any restraint. Right, that's Saul, what I was thinking when you were saying that. Maybe it's a reminder that don't go too far. Yeah, I could mm. see that. I'm so glad you said that because now when I'm thinking about it, what makes more sense to me, or, you know, no, it's kind of like what you're saying. It kind of lines up with Gus in this episode because Gus has his moment, as we said in the reaction episode of like, you know, he's opening the... He's opening the indoor shutters, which I've never seen before in my life, to yeah, finally open the windows. And he's going to the to the bar. He's talking to Brett and his sommelier comes up to him and he's like, oh, tell me more. Right. And he's thinking, I can have a life. <laughs> and then just like he suddenly wisens up and says, that's not in my cards. Maybe that's that painting is also a reminder that like you can't do this again. There's no room for this in your life. I thought maybe that it could be a reminder of that. Kim and Gus are actually a, almost parallel in this episode. Hmm. They both 
face an, an inquisitor about something that they've done. Gus, of course, is before Eladio. Lalo did too good of a job faking <laughs> his death <laughs> because now nobody believes Hector. But Gus is brought before Eladio and Hector, and he's basically answering charges, <laughs> interrogated, interrogated, questioned. You know, brought brought before and have to having to prove his prove his innocence. And when Kim and Jimmy go to Howard's wake. She is basically interrogated by Cheryl. They also both decide that they can't have the life that they want by the end of it. Oh. You know, Kim just Kim decides that she can't she can't live the life that she wants with Jimmy because it's too dangerous. And going on what you said last night, Bridget, Gus decides that he can't have the life he wants because it would be too dangerous for whoever is with him. There were definitely parallels between Kim and, and Gus in this episode. So to dovetail on that kind of bringing up the themes that I brought up last night where there's a lot of blood for blood going on. There's a lot of erasing things from existence. And then of course the love is not enough overall theme. I do compare Kim to Fring in a sense where when Kim finally in the aftermath, instead of going for all the things she thought was important, all of her ambitions, she not only quits Jimmy, she just quits everything. Whereas Fring actually says, no, 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 I need to keep going. It just, in order to keep going, I need to kind of not do this. So I, I see them going in opposite directions, but I, I, to your point, both involve not involving love in their lives, which is kind of interesting. Bridget, I liked what you had said last night, I think, about the conversation between Gus and Agent Flynn. I don't know what is it? I don't remember his name. <laughs> D- but, Dave. Uh, Dave, I Dave, think it was. Oh, how did I forget David? Oh, okay. Agent Flynn. <laughs> Who's Reed Diamond, by the way, is the actor's name. I finally looked it oh, up. Oh, is that his name? <laughs> yeah. David, the sommelier. Uh, yeah. But I, I really liked what Bridget had said last night about, you know, Gus was kind of dipping his toe back into having a, a social life, having a love life, having a life at all. And as he's sitting there, comes to this realization that it's it's not going to happen. Like he chooses drugs over <laughs> potential love, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on between them, but you can almost see it in his face as he's sitting there like the decision comes to him and you see his face just kind of like slack. And then he, that's when he gets up and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all the happy just drains out of him. Mm-hmm. Like just David refers to the wine or mm-hmm. the vineyard and Puy. Yeah. That's, that's the region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He and refers Puy. to it as, as paradise. So in a sense, cause I've said this before on the show, <laughs> it's like paradise lost. Fring gives up paradise for his, <gasps> his ambition in a sense. Dave. And he got lost there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story he was telling uh, david was lost that's in, awesome uh, david was lost in yeah, paradise and free that's great lost paradise <laughs> there. Mm. or loses paradise mm-hmm. in a sense that moment was the best insight i've ever had about this show and i wasted it on oh. the initial reaction he chose a life of crime i'll never forget those words <laughs> <laughs> McGruff. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see him. I could just see him picturing, you know, this guy getting the same ending as his boyfriend did if he continues his lifestyle. There was an illusion of that mm-hmm. at the pool at the end of the Inquisition that Eladio uh, orchestrated. He looks down at the pool at the end, the seat mm-hmm. of Fring's anger. Gus looking at the pool where Max died, and then we have Kim looking at the spot in the apartment where Howard died, and then we have Mike looking down into the fire mm. where 
He's destroying mm-hmm. all the evidence. So do you think, before we skip too, too far ahead, because in the opener, we saw Mike shine in the UV light looking for bloodstains and everything, and we see that little, just mm-hmm. that Star little thing. Do you think that's going to come back to anything? Like, do, I feel like there's a reason we saw that little bit of spot. It's not enough to say someone died there. I imagine he probably had one of his guys scrub it up a little bit. That was one of two points in the episode where the camera hung for a second and I was like hmm. what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. they did it there and then they also do it when Kim and Jimmy put their glasses on the end of that at the like banister yeah yeah i wondered what the significance of that was of them putting their glasses down right there i saw that it was clear mm-hmm. so i assumed they were drinking water and then i was like is that telling of the the mental place that they're at like i have to drink water because i cannot slip up mm. during this yeah. at all i think Mm-mm. everybody was drinking water <laughs> Because they had like a water tank that everybody was that Jimmy got their water out of, and I think that's what Rich was drinking. And um, I saw most people Cheryl. drinking coffee or or drinks or something like that. I noticed a lot of coffee at the wake too, and there was coffee in the mm-hmm. beginning as, as well. And it felt like they were the only ones drinking water. Essentially, they should have been drinking chamomile tea. <laughs> <laughs> When they were cleaning up in the apartment, they also showed them cleaning blood spatter off of the fish tank. Throughout the series, the fish has represented Jimmy's connection to the criminal world. So I just thought, I thought it was interesting that they made sure they showed a shot of them cleaning the blood off of the goldfish tank. Wonder what's going to happen to the goldfish. Hmm. <laughs> Everybody's worried about Kim. What's going to happen to the goldfish? Do they appear in maybe a bigger tank in Better Call Saul? I mean, sorry, in Breaking Bad? Like, I mean, because I'm just now just thinking. A big, U- a big USA fish tank oh, over on the, the side. <laughs> pirates are American. <laughs> After they had the guy peeing in the water, uh, the water feature, I'm not sure they would put another, another fish tank in there. I was thinking about Mike going to see Papa Varga, the way Mike has acted in the past couple of episodes. I think he's he's tired of the waste. Like, he sees Howard's death as a waste, and Nacho's death was a waste. And he wanted to go to Manuel to let him know that Nacho Nacho's life wasn't wasted. He wasn't a bad person. He wasn't a waste. The way he focused on Howard... And the way he he focused on burning all the stuff. Also, Rachel, you and I talked about it, uh, or we talked about it on the thing on the show last night. He's very sensitive about people disappearing with without any closure. So he goes to Manuel to to give at least give him the closure that his son is is dead. Because if you remember, the whole reason he kind of got entangled with the Salamancas and with Gus was when he hit the Salamanca ice cream truck and he left the driver alive and a good Samaritan stopped to help the, the truck driver. And then when um, the Salamancas arrived, they murdered him and buried him out in the desert. And Mike felt very responsible for that because he was the one that left the driver alive and hit the truck and everything. He made a deal with Nacho to get the location of the body so that he could give closure to the family of whoever that was. So it's just when you think about the future that Mike is the one who disappears and his family never knows what happens to him. He leaves Kaylee alone. He leaves Kaylee at the playground and goes with Walter and Walter kills him and then they dissolve him in acid. So his, his body is never found either and, and his family never gets closure. And I just think that's 
probably maybe one of the saddest aspects of the entire series of both series is is Mike being the one who always wanted to find you know give closure to the families and he's the one that never gets any. Just sad. Yeah. That's so extra sad. I kept thinking of that when he went to when when he went to Menville also how like it seems like Mike always wanted to do right in a sense by people you know the people that weren't the Salmancas or. Gus Fring, even Gus Fring. Innocence. He, he says it all people. They're not in the game. Especially a dad who lost his son. I mean, that's Mike. That's, that's Mike. all I could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's going to that's gonna hit him extra hard to know that Manuel would never know what happened to his son. Because he went on for so long not knowing why. Like, why his son was killed. So, mm-hmm. and that, that killed him. That, like, ate away at him. It, it wrecked his whole life. So it makes sense that he would be so vigilant about finding that for other people. Mm-hmm. And I find what's strange about Manuel also is that more than anybody else, he knows that love is not enough. We talk about it with Jimmy and Kim, but I wrote this down as like love was, he knows already that love, him loving Ignacio wasn't enough to save him. And he knew that from the outside. It's like, I can't help you. You either have to help yourself or whatever, but he knows, you know that he loves him, but he just, he couldn't do anything about it. You know, Nacho had to do it. I got the impression that he was not surprised in any way that Nacho was dead. Yeah, I'm sure he was he was sad and upset, but I'm sh- I think I feel like he considered Nacho dead for a long time. He just yeah, hadn't right. actually died yet. Just waiting for it. Ugh, I was freaking out the whole time, both times. Not so much the second time, but the first time. I was freaking out watching him take his slow-ass time to walk up to that phone and answer the phone. And I'm like, it has been ringing like 700 times. Go answer the damn phone already. (laughs) I could not. I'm like, hurry up. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) It was meant to mirror Don Hector's bell. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 The impatience of Hector and then the patience of Manuel Varga. Because it killed me. I was like, please answer the freaking phone. This is the most annoying (laughs) ring I've ever heard in my entire life. Because it was the two ring. It was the ring for the one. And then it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, it drove me crazy. It drove me insane. Ring. And he's just like, (laughs) But he didn't seem annoyed, which is like, it's a reflection of the scene, too. It's like, I know, I know, I know. Mm. You, t- you talk of justice, I, but I know. At the end, they have the discussion, well, the discussion about justice and vengeance. What do you think the difference is? Why would Mike see it as justice and Manuel see it as revenge? This is what where is Rachel and I fight, usually. Well. <laughs> I'm just oh, wow. Well, I think... <laughs> I think Manuel would like to see these people arrested, right? And held accountable for their crimes and everything they've done. I think in Manuel's mind, justice means being arrested, being caught and not able to do it anymore. And I think Mike knows better. He knows that even if they were to get arrested, somebody, you know, whoever it is, is going to take the fall. Don Eladio, like he's the top of the tower here or whatever. No one's going to get to him. Anybody who gets arrested down below, they're just going to eat it and go serve their time. So, no. I mean, in this situation, the justices—they like need to all be killed. <laughs> well, so it, this is probably a bigger, even a bigger conversation because, from what we know from Breaking Bad, I mean, at the end of the day, kind of like what you're saying, Rachel, is that it doesn't matter who. Let's say all of them die, there'll be a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, what I mean, somebody else. There's always going to be somebody else to fill in that gap, mm-hmm. and so I think Manuel is like just like the swatches, just like everything else. He knows that there'll never be justice. All it amounts to is if I stop right here, 
it'll stop with me. At least this part of all that cycle ends with me. This is mm-hmm. where he walks away. He's like, there's no such in this world, maybe even to go as far as to say that in this world, the, is there justice though? Really? All we can do is try to live as good as a life as we can. We say this a lot in the context of the Walking Dead universe too. You know, usually around All Out War and the end of All Out War, at some point somebody has to stop the killing. This is where I said Rachel and I fight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, kill them all. No, oh, kill them all. Before <laughs> they kill you. Anyway. Kill them all. Attack first. Don, Don Burt. <laughs> or Don, Don. Is it Don Burt? I think. I don't know. Whatever. Don Rachel. Yeah, Don, Don Ray Ray. Yeah, it would be Don Rachel. <laughs> It'd be Don Rachel. Don Cosmo Mom 09. <laughs> that's a mouthful. It's too much. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has time for that. Don Cosmo. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. I, I like that. Actually, she's a lady, so it would be Donya. Donya Ray Ray. Donya Rachel. Donya Ray Ray. Hey, yo, Ray Ray. I mean, Don Ray Ray, whatever. <laughs> bam, bam. You died, Dave. <laughs> When they go to HHM, Rich, probably Schweikert was saying that, you know, it, they were downsizing. And it just made me realize that HHM is where Jim, Jimmy and Kim got their start. That's where they met. That's where they both studied oh, to be lawyers, yeah. where mm-hmm. they had their first kiss. By taking Howard down in the manner that they did, they also destroyed HHM. They basically destroyed mm-hmm. legacy. Started, destroyed, destroyed their, their beginning. foundation. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. I compared that in my notes to Fring trying to build like this, I want to say legacy also for himself, slowly but surely brick by brick. And then you see Kim and Jimmy literally ruin the McGill and Hamlin legacy, essentially. It's just like that. So I mean, when Kim says that they everybody around them suffers, they make everybody around them suffer. I mean, they just destroyed an entire law firm so all those people that worked for hhm right everybody that put their heart and soul into hhm yeah they did they hurt they made all those people suffer they never took the time to think about the ripple effect of what they were of what they were doing even say if howard had uh hadn't been killed hhm still maybe would have gone down if he if it got around that he was the i guess owner of Mm -hmm. hhm was a a cokehead uh, druggy, you know, that still could have brought HHM down, but Kim, they didn't think about the ripple effect. Well, like the magnitude, right? I mean, and would you even though, yeah. but still like, maybe that's what Kim, why Kim decides to make the choice that she makes hearing all of that compounds their collective damage when they have fun together. Ray Seahorn said that when Kim told the lie about Howard to Cheryl, that was kind of where she made the decision that she was done she was pushed to the point where she had to make up this lie and it was so easy mm. that it scared her that she could just cover that easily and come up and and just pile on to someone who was already down howard was already dead and and his reputation would be smirched and she was just gonna pile on to it and it was so easy for her to do it that was when she decided that she was done so the kiss in the parking garage she knew then that that was going to be the end Oh, that's that was my I love the shot. I love the shot of them in the parking garage where it all started. But it was so sad. It was so sad. Like literally this episode just just broke my heart. Jimmy and and Kim are why I love the show. They're the reason I got into it so much. Kind of like John and June. And now they just they just fucking destroyed it. Everything (laughs) you love has been destroyed. But they're both still alive. 
So like they're back Twice where they over. started kissing and it, it kind of goes also to the garbage can as well. Like it's almost as if like you can't have this forever. And isn't that, isn't the prior garbage can mm. the one that Jimmy kind of fucked up that one time? Like destroyed, <laughs> yeah. 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 In yeah. the very first episode when he was going to um, see Howard, he kicked the shit out of it. And then when he and Kim came downstairs, she went behind, she went and picked it up. Like she was cleaning up his messes from the very beginning. She was always there cleaning up his messes. And now they've replaced, they've replaced his mess with a brand new garbage can. Yeah. You know, things move on, I guess, in a sense. Oh, I hate it. If that's the loss I was describing in the, in the reaction episode is like, I almost hate where we leave off, but also I, I still think it's like fucking brilliant. Maybe to Kim's point, it's fucking brilliant, but it's got to stop. You know what I mean? Like all this shit that we're pulling off Mm -hmm. is pleasurable and and awesome and I'm having fun, but it's got to stop. So I guess that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) It's all fun and games until someone gets murdered in your apartment. Exactly. There were just so many parallels and callbacks in this episode. I'm not even going to go through all of them. But one is is Kim smoking on the balcony balcony because that's where they always hang out on the balcony, drinking their beers and smoking and waiting for each other to come home. And this time she's up there alone. Right. Because she never she never smokes without Jimmy, if I'm not mistaken. That's that was the thing. They used to share the cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes. uh, Yeah. For the most part. And she also she never smoked inside until they started their super, super scam. And um, now she's back to smoking outside again. So is that. An indication that she's back on the straight and narrow. Or going to try to be. I think she's going back to Nebraska. And um, I think Carol Burnett's going to be playing her mom. She's mm. going to be very close to Jean. To Jean. When Kim is, is uh, trying to get the case shifted to somebody else, the attorney that she mentions is Paige Novick. That is Paige from Mesa, Mesa Verde. Verde. Yeah. Yep. Which makes me wonder, so has Paige started taking on pro bono cases now? Did she, like, take a page, page. from take a page from Kim and, and start uh, her doing pro bono cases, too? Because she was strictly a Mesa Verde lawyer, you know, when, when we saw her in the previous season. So I'm just wondering where did, did uh, Kim inspire her to go out there and take pro bono cases? Well, Cliff Main was the one who was going to fund, essentially, Kim doing pro bono cases that was what he wanted and Paige is connected to him in that way like maybe he was like well kim's not gonna do it maybe he pushed her to try or maybe she was interested in it after she found out about the project Paige was inside counsel for mesa verde she wasn't connected to cliff or sandpipe or any of that yeah or yeah she wasn't involved in any of that she was the one who got kim the job with mesa verde oh that's Paige. By the way, I read the factoid that they, they yeah. both went to law school together, too. You're thinking of Violet. No. No? Hey. Oh. No, I... Because um, I was thinking of Violet. Oh, my like, gosh. No, that's Viola. I, Viola. Viola, thank you. Blank on her, on her name. The, the, the younger girl. Aaron. Though. It's Aaron. Aaron. That's what I was Aaron thinking. Brill? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Brill. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 We're all... They're all like one person to us, aren't they? <laughs> all the but other They're literally not. They couldn't be more different. They're so they're different. They're so different. <laughs> and yet... I would see... But so, Whoops. okay. So it's very interesting to see that she chose the lawyer whom she went to law school with and the, you know, inside counsel for Mesa Verde. I would have thought that she would have picked Viola, though, for some reason. But I, I don't know. It started bothering me the more we started recording. 
Viola is just her paralegal. Right. And oh, I, guess. I don't think she's Kim not, thinks not very highly of her. I think she thinks she's kind of naive would be the nicest way to say it. Mm. Okay. So she wouldn't be shark enough to defend these people, I guess. Okay. That's a great yeah. response. She's too nice. Just makes me wonder about, about Paige. But anyway, I just, I thought that was an interesting little throw out there. Actually. So you said something about Cliff Maine and I, cause I, we were, I know we're going to get off the topic of the wake, but when Jim, Jimmy and Kim were like answering Cheryl, I see Cliff staring at mostly Kim, but like the both of them. And here I am. I'm, I know exactly what he's thinking. Cause he says it at the end. He says, I don't think this is the time or place. And he's right. He's looking at these two people knowing, are these people sociopaths? She's not a cop. You're not <laughs> defending yourself in front of, you know, trying to not incriminate yourself in front of a cop. This is a grieving wife. And so like, I, I thought exactly how he was thinking. And he says the thing that they should have said. It's like, I, I don't think this is the time or place. They should have said that. And yet they went into this spiel, this kind of yarn even. And you could see him staring at him in horror and almost almost and as much horror as Cliff Main can muster. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, on top of that, he's also, I think, recollecting the events that occurred. Right. And he thinks that he witnessed of Howard when he was with Kim. Oh, and yeah. that isn't even that isn't even the part that she shares. So he's probably like out of all okay, these things, right? Like, She's probably she's trying to spare Cheryl's feelings, I guess, about the hooker. <laughs> and so like when Cheryl's oh. like, have you ever seen anything like this? It's almost like he's like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to tell you this right now. We are not going to do this right now. I'm not going to tell you that I saw him kick a stripper out of his car <laughs> or a hooker out of his car oh. <laughs> on the street. Like, I'm not going to tell you this right now. Right. So I felt like that was part of it, too. Well, Kim didn't see any of that, too, according to. When they talked about it, Cliff was like, did you just see that? And she goes, no, my back was turned, you know, and she remember she positioned her chair specifically so she wouldn't see. She's like, it happened so fast. So he does have that third piece. And yet, but yeah, it, it, that's the thing. And yet maybe either he's taking a cue from Kim and maybe even Kim sees this and she feels bad that she puts him into this position where he becomes this like third bit of evidence. And he pref and then but seeing in that he absconds, he doesn't he doesn't do it. Maybe right. that's that's also like that one little straw piece on top that breaks the camel's back for Kim to leave Jimmy. Yeah, yeah well, that's that what sociopaths bag of cocaine do. Fell out of his um, locker at the country club too. So Cliff's got a couple of examples. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, <laughs> quite of a few. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you guys think for a hot sec that maybe Cliff is trying to crunch the numbers here and thinking like these two folks are too odd that maybe he figured something out? Or maybe he's like trying to figure something out or it's putting something together for a hot sec. I was just like, because he, he's looking at Kim quizzically when she finally chimes in. You know, no, what is I the move? I honestly think Cliff's pretty convinced. No, I, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say this. Honestly, I, I really believe that we are done with this this time period. We are jumped up to Breaking Bad time. And that is where we're it's going to be Breaking Bad and Gene Takovic from here on out. I believe this episode pretty much wrapped up. The, the Jimmy McGill yeah. yeah. timeline. Because what what else is there really to to wrap up? Nothing. Lalo's dead. Howard's dead. Nacho's dead. And Kim is gone. So there's not really anything left for them to go yeah. into. There's no point in dredging the lake, essentially. Right. So, so I mean, even if Howard does have suspicions or whatever, I don't think it's ever really going to become an any, anything at all. I think we're yeah. wrapped up there. Because I feel like the Eladio, the scene with Eladio, basically they, they set up where they're at in Breaking Bad. 
with Gus running the north and the Salamancas running the south and both all of them operating under one mm. bolsa. And then, of course, Gus tells Mike to start working on the lab again. And I don't think they're going to go into showing all that. They showed us enough of them building the lab. Right. We know what happens to the we know <laughs> we know where the lab ends up. So um, I, I really think we're yeah. done with this with this timeline. And hopefully more Gene. I'm actually OK with that, too. Bye bye, Jimmy McGill. I did mention that I was sad, but like, are you OK with the way things are in this timeline? Satisfied? Yeah. With yeah. I'm, I mean, well, other than other than right. Other than heartbroken. Other than all the horrible <laughs> shit that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Other, other than Nacho. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like yes. the horrible shit. That's and happened. Howard. Yeah. Poor Howard. Poor Howard. But I mean, yes, I'm I'm satisfied with the wrap up they gave this this timeline. I don't think we need anything else. My biggest fear now is that they're going to pull the, the biggest twist from of all time and they're not ever going to tell us what happened to Kim. She just went somewhere and that's it. She's alive. She's not in jail. Suck on that. You know, I, I, on that. I, I know, I know. I'm sorry I put that in your head, by the way. Last uh, night. But I, I kind of, as we were talking, I was sort of thinking to myself of El Camino and, and even this whole timeline. And if you're right about Carol Burnett playing Kim's mother, I was thinking, wouldn't it be kind of cool if Gene Takovic is in town and he's getting murmurs from, or he's getting paranoid that people are starting to recognize him. And wouldn't it be kind of cool if he saves Kim from wherever she is with her, with her mother, she does the the right thing for her at the time, but like life kind of turns out pretty shitty for her. And she's living with her mom who does is the same thing as Jimmy, essentially like rewarding her doing dirty deeds sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. maybe as Gene Takovic, he can finally lift her out of that. You know, she went from one hell to another, you know, that would be great. Chain smoking yeah. hell, <laughs> a <Yeah>. life of mediocrity. <laughs> She's going to go Just back be to the dumb dinky. and you'll always survive. Yep. Ignorance is bliss, <laughs> but that does bring about something that you said that I finally watched was the teaser black and white teaser in the mm -hmm. right before the credits. So you had something to say about that. I think charity, mm -hmm. right? You, you had theorized that Gene might put on Saul again and something like that to that effect. I don't remember that. But it was, really <laughs> it was wild what you'd said. I was like, you think? Cause the Armani and the, the he's talking about all these things that must go. I was just excited that it was Gene and that clearly that was in the Gene timeline and that it was, it was unusual but the department store looked closed right. to me. And so I was wondering if it was just like he was just in the mall. But yeah, why are you in the department store after hours after it's closed? So what's going on there? So there is a theory that Kim hired Jeff, the taxi driver, to find Whoa. Saul. I think that would be really really fun because well i mean maybe maybe she is maybe she went to omaha and passed the bar just because she resigned in new mexico doesn't mean she can't mm -hmm. go past the bar in another state and um or maybe she's there oh man or maybe she could have passed state's evidence too or something like that like you know we'll get you salt the illustrious saul goodman for the death of howard hamlin in exchange for my immunity mm -hmm. or something like that too oh sorry you just made me think of so many damn fucking things yeah. Don't oh, theorize to only four too much because we're go. always all wrong, except for Sharon D. That's fun, but Sharon D got wrong. one Panic. right. No, <laughs> I got I got one right. <laughs> Take the win. And this better not be the last time we see Kim Wexler. This better not be her last episode. Yeah. There, there had better be some kind of closure there. Is all I'm saying. 
My hope is that Kim is going to swoop in and, and they're going to be reunited. And well, I want them to have a happily happily ever after. <laughs> right? We we deserve we deserve that um, showrunners. Please. I don't know. Lightning can't strike twice. You can't get like an El Camino situation again. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't have high hopes in this universe. You know. Well, like Breaking Bad was so sad, and yeah, and all we've had is death so far this season. Like, just lift us back up. Please. One thing they've made clear is that like, I, you know, you're not going to see the end coming. So I, I kind of have hope for that. Yeah. Not that everything yeah. is going to be. Everybody's going to get what they deserve. Though. What if Kim was on the plane that crashed? In the sky and Breaking Bad. What if you find out that Kim is with Jesse now? <laughs> you know what? I'd be I would so die. So into that. They're, they're both together in Alaska. I'm sorry. I would die. I think I'm in, I'm I'm into it. No, it's gonna it's gonna be revealed. It's gonna be revealed that Kim it, Nacho's really alive and they escaped to Manitoba together. <laughs> That's no. Kim and Nacho um, hanging out. I'm too stuck on Jesse Pinkman and Kim Wexler right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Nacho, he did. <laughs> no, just, you just put a band aid. He could be a bunch of band aids. A whole bunch of band aids. <laughs> walk it walk it off. Nacho just and Howard, off, Nacho Nacho Howard and Lalo are parting right now. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, past yeah, the past. They're kicking it in Guatemala. Just out, they were in Belize. They're in fucking Belize. Can I have a, a crack, please? <laughs> did, did you see the pictures of them together, of Tony Dalton and Patrick Fabian oh, yeah. out hiking Aww. and stuff together? They're like together forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's beautiful. I love it. That is hilarious. <laughs> they went to, they got sent to Belize together. <laughs> Oh, man. I only had one observation that actually carries over from the last episode. In the last episode, Fring, before he goes to the the lavanderia, the super lavanderia, the, me the meth lab, he, he takes off his tie before he comes into the building and he doesn't wear his tie at all in this episode, too. And what I was going to say in the last episode is I think he was doing that to show kind of like his belly. Here I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm pathetic Gus Fring. Oh, you've got me right where I want you, where you want me. I think he does this again with Eladio to make himself not show that he's too high and mighty or anything like that, too. But I wanted to know what you guys think, because he did this for two episodes in a row where it's in every episode he's worn, you know, his pressed shirt, his everything, and then his tie. And then for these two episodes, he has not worn his tie. Even after the whole thing is all done over and done with. He's at the bar without a tie as well, I think. It's weird for Fring, is what I'm saying. It is. It's just an example of how he's trying. Maybe he's trying to loosen up a little bit. Mm, okay. He wants to be able to go out and live a normal life. And maybe the start of that is loosening up and taking the, the business tie off, taking the, the Gus business tie off and just being oh, man. Gus. Or maybe it's like also like because I was thinking of thinking this when I was watching that whole scene with Eladio and uh, Hector. I was thinking how like, oh, you know, Eladio is really like the dog owner and he has his two hounds. And they're on a, and you gotta keep the Salamancas on a leash or else they'll run wild. Well, of course, Fring is just another one of those dogs, and it's never more apparent than after that episode. So maybe he sees the tie as like a leash, mm. and so maybe when he's going to the to Eladio and Salamanca, he's like, "I'm unleashed now, bitch." But then later <laughs> on, of course, the leash comes back on. I'm off. So that's that's interesting. I didn't think of that <laughs> until you just started saying that, Sharon D. 
Fring unleashed. Fring unchained. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had one more. I'm so sorry. I noticed that. son of a bitch. Yeah, well, (laughs) when we see Saul Goodman in the flash forward and he's waking, (laughs) waking up in this circular motorized bed the woman that's in his bed with him kind of sort of in the face looks like kim i i don't know if you guys sort of saw that it was only from that above angle or at least kim's mother it was only from it was when they were shooting and it was like at the top of her head going down so you're saying not at all (laughs) <laughs> that was the only way i know what you're saying because it was like just for a split second but it was only at that angle it's and funny as soon because as they moved or she moved it was like oh no yeah yeah i i thought look the at tight... this busted bitch <laughs> i thought from the tight angle <laughs> as she was waking up and you saw her directly in the face because what's funny about what you're saying is in every other shot that she's in well breakfast bar is that way she's at the edge of the wide angle so she looks all warped like, yeah. you know, when you take a wide angle shot, she looks kind of like widened up and she doesn't, you can't quite make her out. And I kind of like that because if you take the whole thing, like crazy me says about like, oh, she did kind of, kind of sort of look like, sort of look like him. Maybe that's what he's going for. Maybe that's what he's into. Then like it is a war. She is, this woman is a warped version of Kim in a sense. Like she'll never replace her. Well, also she's like, she's Busted. nobody to him. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it makes sense that she's almost faceless in a way yeah. to us because you can't really get a feel for exactly what she looks like because she's always so she's at such a be. distance. But yeah, that was it's intentional. Did she grab two breakfast bars? That <laughs> What? Selfish okay. bitch. So I felt like she took one and put one in her purse and then she grabbed a second one when she was. That was money. Around. She put money in so- her purse. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was two breakfast bars. I was like, what? Yeah, that was money. <laughs> oh, but money. That's that's fine. But also, yeah. that well, wasn't a breakfast bar. It was a Nutri-Grain yeah. bar. Like, that is not a substantial <laughs> breakfast. No. <laughs> it just makes me think of legacies, too. Like, HHM dying while... And, like, Jimmy kind of sort of getting what he wanted, but not. Like, nobody around him is there that he wanted to, to... I don't know, to recognize him or to accept him, right? So this is him accepting himself, which brings the question of something I was thinking of was, was Kim actually good for Jimmy or were they good for each other? I I had to think about this because Kim was definitely good for Jimmy because when you see the flash forward. (laughs) I think Kim made Jimmy want to be better, but the actual putting it into practice of Jimmy being better didn't work out but so is well. this better is this Saul Goodman no. better no. no of course not so he can, no so he, and if I would even argue that Kim was bad for Jimmy because he loved her so much that despite the fact that he wanted to drop this whole thing with Howard she pushed him to continue and he went with it because he loved her mm-hmm. but in the episode she mentions that had she had told him that Lala was still alive he would have put a stop to it so it's clear that she was good for him as long as she was being honest. Well, she said that he would have put a stop to it and then they would have right. broken up. Anyway, she would have left him because because they stopped having fun, which is just like that. That sentence alone was so bothersome to me. But that's why I asked the question, because it's clear that in a sense, Kim is good for Jimmy. And he even says as much is like uh, he says something to the effect of I need you. 
And then he corrects himself by saying, we need each other. So he said, you make me happy. And then he said, we make each other happy. And then I, I really thought about this because then the very next thing we see is Jimmy's life without Kim. And it's arguably way worse in some senses and better in others, but way worse. And I always thought their relationship was was in the show also makes an effort to kind of show that they're they, they're not quite good together. Maybe that they weren't meant for each other or something throughout the series until like the, the final season, let's say. I've said it all along. They're beautifully toxic. They're beautiful together, but they're terrible together at the same time. In some ways, they're good for each other, and in some ways, they're not. Kim makes Jimmy want to be better. Because of her, he became a lawyer. And because of her, he you know pretty much straightened himself out for the most part. Because he wasn't running big scams or anything. He was trying to be a lawyer. He was trying to be straight and narrow to impress her. I, so I think, I think she was good for him in that way. But she was also bad for him in the sense that she totally encouraged him and and pushed him into doing scams. So, and I mean, it could go the other way too. Like Jimmy was good for her because he encouraged her to loosen up a little bit and live a little, but he also encouraged her to go down this fucking hole, this rabbit hole, this deep dark hole. So, it's it's kind of a give and take. They were good for each other and they were bad for each other. Yeah. But in the end, the bad for each other over I would say out. they are good for each other unless they go to a- the extreme which is what both of them did right and so then they're yeah. horrible for each other because they encourage each other to go because <laughs> the they're extreme, addicts you know i mean or yeah. at least kim seemed more of an addict i think i think jimmy was sort of kind of like relenting at the end of it i feel like had Bagman not happened mm, jimmy yeah. would 150 percent have been on board with fucking with howard there would have been no hesitation no Oh, I don't want to do this kind of shit. He would have been 100,000% behind Kim and they would have been after Howard. And hell, had Kim given him a couple of months to kind of recuperate after Bagman, you know? But, you know, she was like, let's do it right now. We got to do this right now. And he just wasn't yep. ready. Yep. But even even Rich said, like you said, it, they're addicted. And even Rich said addiction is mm. addiction is a terrible thing. He was... Supposed to be talking about Howard. Yeah, but. good, good, good mm. observation. I like that. Yeah. But as opposed to ha- as opposed to to Howard, Jimmy, I don't know. <laughs> and we see that Jimmy ain't that great. A on his own, but B without Kim it, as a person. <laughs> very different than Howard. I really want to know what how Kim is without Jimmy. Me too. Mm-hmm. Now, because I feel like had had Kim and Jimmy never met, and Kim had just gone on being Kim, she would have been fine. But I feel like the introduction of Jimmy into her life has totally skewed everything. So what is she doing now? Yeah. What has she become now? Oh, they better give it to us. That's all I'm saying. That resolution. It's funny how this feels like an ending. So anything that we get from this point, see, like as opposed to like any other series end, we have four whole episodes of like a an addendum. Yeah. Like we have a whole other series now we're watching now. And I think I'm looking forward to it and I'm not upset about it. Like, as opposed to, like, okay, The Walking Dead ending. Like, oh, we have only eight episodes left to tell a whole story. And I'm like, I don't feel that way uh, in Better Call Saul, which I like. The reaction episode, I was upset. I was like, oh, there's a loss. I feel like we lost something. Now I feel like we're getting something, in a sense. We get four whole episodes to tell that, like, post-post-aftermath, and I kind of like it. I'm feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. We get to really wrap up Breaking mm. Bad. Totally. I'm kind of excited. Wrap up the whole story. I'm excited and sad because, you know, I love I love it and I don't want it to end. But 
I'm excited for the Four ending at the same time. Maybe <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Get excited, people. This is like, we're getting, I feel like we're getting more than we, maybe more than we deserve. <laughs> it's like, but we're getting more than we bargained for, in a sense, from this, from the series. I like it. We're finally getting back to Gene, too. After, I don't know, when was the last time we saw Gene? Uh, at the season beginning five. Season of six. season six. Season five. five. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. When he, the last thing was he said, I'm going to take care of it myself. And then he hung up on the, the vacuum guy, right, the vacuum cleaner guy. <laughs> I mean, everybody was saying Kim was going to get disappeared. So I guess that's not, uh, that's not mm. the case. With the vacuum Interesting. Guy. I guess if that's it, if you like what you heard, head over to rate this podcast.com slash squawking dead five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But if you want to tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like, just make sure to tell us after every episode and... If you really like what we're doing and you want to be a part of these episodes with your insights, know when we record, know when we drop our unedited episode recordings and a whole lot more, all you got to do is create a free account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of support about content and you don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar. All you got to do is follow. You'll know when we do all the things and when you feel like it, you can always do those last two things. Buy us a coffee and join a membership here, and we'll love you forever and ever, like Jimmy does Kim. Thank you for joining us. I've been here tonight with Cosmo Mom Zero Nine, Rachel Burt, Bridget at Ain't My First Radio on Instagram, and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and of course Dave, our voice Whoa. from the void. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies. I meant to say this earlier, and I know it's stupid to say it now, but when she said, um, "But so what?" That's probably the most heartbreaking line i've ever heard in a show so thanks a lot so love Kim. you guys but so, so what? what yeah so so, what? so genius but so, what? so genius yeah. fucking love that line i got the outro music okay we never really said goodbye. <laughs> by the way, we just—it's in mono. Bye, it's guys, in, it's mono. in mono, like the Beatles. Oh, don't worry. I this, sound like I'm talking into a can. This this episode under, will, will be in stereo. <laughs> under a blanket. I'm down a well. <laughs> down a Speaking well. through a tin can underneath a blanket. Yeah. Underneath a blanket. All right, let's say goodbye. Who wants everybody. a lawyer? They oh. can't hear. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> we love you. But so what? So, so what? what? <laughs> but so what? Put that in your rating and smoke it. <laughs> Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Better Squawk Saul, our coverage of Better Call Saul's sixth and final season. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Survivors Tier member, Bridget. Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's KO-FI.com slash P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Leave us five stars and an eggplant to let us know that you love us, but we're gonna need a little bit more than that.
expecting that from you guys. Because Better Call Saul, that's a new thing for us. We want to know what you liked, what you didn't like, whether we should just stick to the Walking Dead universe, or if you want much more of this to come. Use it as a means to communicate your desires after every episode. And if you leave your social media accounts, we will tag you when we post this review on social media. And if you really, really want to be involved in how these episodes shape out, you want to support the podcast, all you need to do is create a free account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi.com slash dead. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supported back content, which includes the ability to download our unedited episode recordings or stream them. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, which includes Discord access, as well as a whole host of baseline perks. All you gotta do is follow us. It lets you know when we record, when we drop our unedited episode recordings, and when we think of a new idea that we want your feedback on. It's the only place we post these things. We don't post these things on social media. And speaking of membership tiers, we'd like to thank both our Survivors and Whispers tier members in that order. Among them include, of course, Bridget. Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's ko-fi.com slash P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R who joined in these episode breakdowns as well as at Jones 71 on Instagram and at JonesAJ6 on Twitter. Jasmine at Jasmine.IAC on Instagram. And of course, FanArtLindy. KO-FI.com slash FanArtLindy. And let's not forget our Whispers tier members who include, of course, at Aiden underscore at underscore on Instagram and at AidenTheRaven on Twitter, at RitasFan2 on Instagram and Twitter, at J13Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook, at FrostedAngel67 on Twitter, at TylerPhilipCox on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, at Judith.Morton on Instagram. I'd like to thank you very much for making it to the very end of this podcast and for always listening to Squawking Dead. We hope you're enjoying this and we'll see you in the next one.